you don't want to die, leave this earth, leave this world. And before you die, the last thing you say is, man, I didn't do it. I didn't live. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinnock. What's up? What's up? It's another week, another amazing person, another amazing story. And I can't wait to share this week's episode. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you to learn everything that's going on with the podcast and all that I'm doing. Go to Passion Behind the Art, A-R-T dot com. That's Passion Behind the Art dot com to learn about everything that we are doing and what's going on with the podcast and what's the next moves. And of course, episode 100 is coming and I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Well, I am beyond excited to have my brother Sherman Brown, author, motivational speaker, just like, and the list goes on. Sherman, oh, welcome. Man. Welcome. Hey, man. Look, thank you, man. I appreciate being on the show, man. Look, uh, it's been a long time coming, man, but I appreciate the cameo. <laughs> Dude, you are so right. You are so right. Uh, we have a very good friend in common, and you know we've we've known each other a little while now, so it's it's. It's good to have you on and you're doing your thing, man. Um, let's jump right into it. As early as you can go back, how did this start? Oh, man. Well, well, if you say as early as I could go back, it started in a small place called the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, not much, not many people know about it, but when we're close to Puerto Rico, that's the best way to describe it sometime. But it's a place where there's rich culture, powerful people. And um, that's where I was raised, man. I started off, um, you know, as a youngin, being raised in some very humble conditions. And when I say humble, I just mean poor. Right. But the thing is, is I never knew that I was poor. We had no clue that we were in poverty. Um, my mother only made eleven thousand dollars a year raising me and my brother. Um, but I thought it was normal that the kitchen was a living room and a bedroom at the same time. I thought everybody lived like that, right? I also thought that bread and water was a full meal, and I thought it was normal. Um, the only time I recognized that something was wrong, I had an uncle of mine who sat with me one day, and that's when he told me about the conditions we were living in. And I'm like, we're poor? I'm like, no, I thought we were good, you know? Um, but while I was in school during that time, um, that was elementary school, he put in this, this terminology into my head that almost set me apart, right? Like it sent me crazy. He said, from now on, I want you to know and let everybody know that you're a bad man. And, and, and for those who don't know, in the islands, Batman is the equivalent to gangster. So Daryl, man, <laughs> things got a little crazy, man. Elementary school, I walk around saying I'm a bad man. Middle school, bad man. When I got to high school um, is when I started listening to a lot of music. So I was listening to rap music, watching these videos. And I'm like, yo, if Batman work on his bars, Batman could go to our next level, man. And I started with that, man. I started with music. And that's where I thought I was going to be. I really thought I was going to be this hip hop artist. But um, while I was down there, I decided to move to New York because, you know, we think it when you're coming from the islands, New York has everything. Money will grow off the trees, you know, um, streets paved with gold. And when I got up here, I moved to the Bronx. And the Bronx isn't a bad place, but the area 
that I was living was the poorest congressional district in the United States. Mm. And the conditions that I was living in was just things that I wasn't used to. 10 degree weather, no heat, no hot water. Um, you know, going home and right when you get in the building, there's rats and roaches. I wasn't used to that. So living in the islands, I didn't recognize I was in poverty. But when I got up here um, and I was living in the Bronx, then I knew something was wrong. And at that point in time, I was like, something needed to change. And the thing that sparked the change was actually my grandmother. My mm. grandmother looked at me and said, what are you doing up here? I said, look, I'm working on my music. And old school Caribbean woman said, don't tell me about no music. I don't want to hear about music. <laughs> it's one or two things you're going to do. And Daryl, she said to me, it's either you're going to get a job or you're going to go to school. And she said, I prefer for you to go to school because I truly believe that education will be your preparation for mm. elevation. And when she said that, the first thing came to my mind is, Grandma, you got bars too. Like, you got lyrics <laughs> right there, right? So when she told me that, man, that thing stuck with me. That was the journey that led me to go into school. That's when I met our mutual friend, um, Dr. Wright. And when I went to the school, the one thing that changed my life was the intervention of a man um, who sat with me, similar to how my, my uncle sat with me. But the difference was he told me his story. And he was from Guyana. And he told me about his humble beginnings and the things that he went through in his life and how he was able to be uh, able to move from being a poor boy in Guyana to being the chair of the business department at the time. And when I listened to that story, that thing connected with me from that day, I started listening to him. And when I listened to him, I took his guidance. He became what I call my M&Ms. And when I say M&Ms, I'm not talking about the bite-sized candy. Right. He, became <laughs> the mentor. he became the model. And every day I would talk to him, he'll give me some M&Ms. And those M&Ms were the methods that work for him and the mistakes that I need to avoid. Right. And I listened to those things, man. And it took my life to a completely different level. Um, started working in city government for a while. Um, went from working in city government. Went from making only $24,000 a year to in, in the next two years, making over $100,000 a year. And I thought that was it. I thought I made it. But there was something, Daryl, that was missing. And the, what was missing was the fact that I felt like I was achieving success but there was no significance. Mm. And at that point in time, I said, look, if I'm gonna be significant in this world, I gotta do what he did for me. He sat with me and shared his story and I started sharing my story. And from there, started sharing it around the country, putting out videos and now we're here today, you know, writing books, um, speaking around the country, empowering young people. And I just consider myself to be blessed and I'm grateful for every experience that really built up to that. So that's where, in a long-winded way, the journey began. <laughs> that's where we're at right now, you know? Right, that's, that's what's up, man. For all those who are listening, this dude talks for a living. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro, like you guys are just full with so much inspiration and I just feel like you guys um, kind of honed in your message and you are ready to share it in a concise and clear and, you know, a way that people can can eat it up easily. That it's not yeah. too hard. It's not too complicated. It's like stories, just legit stories. And, Absolutely. you know, uh, and, and it's it's been a blessing. It's, it's a blessing. You guys have been a blessing. So I'm a little bit intrigued with the music part. I know you're not really on that journey, but I, I'm, I'm, I always want to go as deep as I possibly can. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like what? What you were doing, what rap DJ? Because you know, in the what? islands, it's really you know, it's really called DJ, but you know, DJ, you know yeah, 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 yeah. So, what, what? I bet they call it rap, <laughs> right, right? But the right. funny thing is, 
Daryl is I was in between both, right? Because sometimes I'd be DJing, right? Um, and that's dancehall reggae music for those who don't know. Um, but then other times I would be rapping. And in the islands, right? Like when you're in the U.S. Virgin Islands, we're U.S. territory. So when you listen to the radio station, you actually get a mix of everything. So I was listening to Soka this minute. The next song was a rap song. Then you got a dancehall song on. So I really got into more of the dancehall and, and to the rap. Um, and that's what I was into at the time. And that's okay, what I thought I was okay, going to be doing okay. when I got up here. So after, like, you're exposed to that and now you jump into the states like what was the shift like you're jumping from the from the virgin islands to come to the states and of all places new york what was that shift like what was going through your mind so so let me put it let me let me give you it in in this visual way the virgin islands is comprised of three main islands st thomas st croix st john and for those three islands all together you only got about ninety-two thousand people but when you move to New York now, you're coming into millions. So when you're in the islands, like I was in the islands, I was a star. I'm like, yo, I'm running things down here. People know me, you know, but it's not that many people to know who you are, right? Everyone right. knows who you are, everybody. So I'm feeling like a star. So when I came to New York, that shift was a big hit for me because when I came up here, I'm like, man, I thought I was doing something with music, but I'm doing nothing. And every corner you go on, you got another rapper, another artist. And it was like, okay, I thought I was good, but I think I'm just all right. You know, so that was, that was a shift for me, man. I mean, it was tough because it was just moving into this land where there was so much going on and you got to figure out a way to distinguish yourself mm -hmm. and I started to recognize at that point in time I think the music thing wasn't something that was a passion of mine it was just that I loved the perks of the success mm -hmm. of music I saw the girls I saw the clothes I saw the money and I thought that's what that was it so my passion wasn't really there to continue with it because as the minute that a few doors got closed was the minute I just said you know I'm not gonna do this let me find something else to do so my question is, because I just I just find it fascinating. Did you think like the whole idea of being a DJ and being a rapper, just being a person that's focused on words and lyrics and constantly using that? Did you think that kind of helped you or prepared you for just being a speaker in general? Oh, absolutely. Look, if you're if you're a rapper, right, or a dancehall artist, a DJ, right, like you're you're constantly performing. Right. And that's what it is. And even when I'm speaking in these various audiences, what it is, is I have to find a way to connect to that audience. Just like when I was an artist and I would run on the stage, I got to figure out how do I get the artist and through the lyrics, I would use lyrics to connect with people. It's the same thing that I do now. I just use words. And as you hear, you know, with some of the words that I use and even when I go to these schools, these different events, People remember a lot of the things that I say, not just because the words um, are words, but because of how the words are connected. When I tell people that information without application is only fascination, that's something that they stick with. And they say, man, that's real stuff. And then I say information with application brings you transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple way of saying it, but those are really lyrics. Those are bars, man. And, <laughs> and when I say that in, you know, in these events, that's what people usually come to me and they say, man, I remember what you said. You know, I remember that you said that, um, you know, when I'm talking to educators and I'm telling them, look, you got to work with these students, but you got to connect before you correct. And then they'll give you respect. And those are the ways in which they're able to remember that. So there's very much, um, you know, similarities in what we do um, and the performing that I was doing then. I'm still doing it in a different way now. It's just more wisdom is in the performance now. So did you do any kind of outside of just, you know, music? Did you do anything that kind of prepare you for speaking? Actually, no. So when I came up here and I was I was 100 percent um, into the music, what ended up happening while I was here was um I remember I was working in government at one point in time. I didn't really do much with the music, so the music thing was on the side. But somebody who knew that I was working in government asked me to come and do a guest lecture in a class. 
And when she asked me to come, I was like, look, I never, you know, did that in a class. But when I finished speaking, one of the students asked me and they said, man, with all those words you use and how you found those words and you put it together, it really stuck with me. She said, are you a motivational speaker? And I said, a what? She said, a motivational speaker. She said, you know, those people that go around the country, never heard of like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, these guys. So I'm like, what is that? I'm like, motivational. I say, what, people get paid to do this? She's like, yeah. I said, well, I did this for free today, but let me look it up, right? <laughs> and immediately, immediately, Daryl, man, I went online. I started looking up these guys. And when I noticed what they were doing, I'm like, man, this is some powerful stuff. They're impacting lives. And that was the thing that really sparked the journey. Because I'm like, look, if we could go out there and have this type of impact using words, which for me, as someone who was in music, was already using words, but now using the words to impact lives, it was helping me to move from just that, that, that simple success to significance and using what I already have, which is the gifts that God has given me that I'm grateful for. And now we're using it to impact lives as we speak to various communities. So the preparation was just going in there, speaking one time, Letting somebody, somebody recognizing that there was something there told me that there's something called motivational speaking. I researched it, and that was a spark that ignited the fire. Mm, nice. So as we jump into talking about impacting people's lives, how did what what's your version of of how Aim High got started? Yeah. So so my version um it, it, it's this way. I in 2011 October 25th. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in Mount Sinai Hospital and my grandmother was lying down there on a deathbed. Mm -hmm. She had cirrhosis of the liver and she never drank a day in her life. We have no clue how she got cirrhosis of the liver, but that was her, her diagnosis. And while I was lying down there, I'm talking to my grandmother and I'm trying to make her smile, right? This is the woman who took care of me since I moved um, to New York. And I'm sitting down there trying to make her laugh. And every time I'm talking to her, Daryl, she keeps on saying to me, man, like, Look, look at the things I could have done. Look at the things I should have done or would have done if I had more time. And I learned the most incredible lesson from my grandmother when she was about to die. And it was this. Most people won't try to live until they're about to die. That's when the value of life starts to go up and they start to recognize all these things they could do. So when my grandmother died on that day, I looked at my life and I said, look, man, I'm, 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 I can't continue living this life being mediocre or being regular. I have to start striving for higher. I have to start aiming higher and looking for higher. And maybe I've never seen it myself when I was growing up, but it doesn't mean that I can't aspire to it. So um, January uh, of 2012, I started doing these weekly videos and I call them Aim High Insights. And all the videos were geared towards stirring the ambition, the inspiration and motivation. That's what AIM stands for, A-I-M. Ambition, inspiration and motivation of the people who are watching. And my message was clear. You need to live your best life. Do whatever it is you want to do because you're running out of time. And the longer you take to live your dream, the less time you're going to have to enjoy it. So we started doing Aim High Insights. And when I was doing that every week, of course, schools started calling. People started reaching out and they say, could you come and speak in our schools? And I would go to the schools and speak to students. And when we spoke, it was a great one time event. But here's what I knew for a fact. A couple days later, they're going back to the same habits. So at that point in time, I was thinking, what more could we do? And my friend, Dr. Wright, um, he and I were already connected through what we were doing. He was working in higher ed at the time. I was working in government. But him and I started talking and we said, look, why don't we find something that we could start together, that we could build together to have this impact, but to really stir the ambition, inspiration and motivation of all these students. And we turned that video series into um, doing an event. And every year we would do the empowerment, um, the male empowerment event. And we were just dealing with young men at that time. And we started doing that. But then still, I was still a one day event. And it was at that point in time we said, look, why don't we do something and create a full curriculum? 
that needs to be embedded within the schools to teach life skills to these students so that we don't have students who are just passing class but failing at life because they don't have all of those different things together. And that's when we created the full curriculum. 2014, it gave birth to the AIM High Empowerment Institute, and we started our first site at the college that we were both working at at the time. Okay, okay. So, I mean, AIM High has impacted a lot of young people. Um, But how did AIM High affect you personally? Yeah, so AMI affected me in the way that it forced me to grow. You know, one of the things that um, happens with us, right, is that the more we go out there and we speak, um, the more our conscience is going to hit us. There's sometimes when we're out there, we're speaking and we're not doing the things that we're saying, right? We have good punchlines and we make it look like, you know, like we have all of this together. But the reality is we know we're not doing it. And what happened for me was I got to a point where I was like, look, I can't I can't be a liar. I can't tell people live their best life and I'm not doing the most that I could do. And when my daughter was born, uh, my daughter is now four years old, 2014, when my daughter was born, that's when it hit me the most because I was like, look, my daughter is here. And when I leave here, I want to make sure that my daughter could never say or will never have to say that my father was a liar, mm. that he told you guys to do all of these things and he wasn't doing it himself. Mm. For, so for me, starting that organization started to force me to grow as an individual. And the more people we impacted, the more it forced me to say, you got to level up. You always got to be a step ahead. You always got to be figuring out what's the next step, what's the next journey. So personally, for me, it's forced me to grow as an individual. And sometimes we don't start because we don't believe we have it all together. But what we what we need to recognize is that when you get started, something is going to push you. Something is going to make you say, I got to take it to another level. And you got to follow whatever that calling is. Uh, yeah, that's true. There's something you said about your grandmother. And I've noticed this <clears throat> just talking to people like that are older, older people. Like they never talk about the things that they did and failed. They've always talked about the things that they didn't do. Absolutely. Always. When you said that, it just, uh, that's something that I've always noticed that they always talk about the things that they never got, never took the chance to do. Absolutely. And and most of those things are the things that were the heaviest on their heart, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were thinking about it. They were like, you know, I should do this. And it was, I'll get to it one day. I'll get to it one day. I'll get to it one day. And then one day is gone, right? And you're there on your deathbed and you're like, man, the time passed by and you never complain about the things that you've already done because you already got it accomplished. Right. And the one thing most people never say, Daryl, you never my grandmother never said it. And most of these people who I see stick in jobs that they hate, never, they will never say it. They will never say I wish I work more hours on my job. <laughs> they won't say it. they're going to talk about other things that they could have done. Right. You know, the dreams that they had and all of these Facts. different things that they just let stakes on me sit there. So, yeah, man, it's, it's something that I don't want to be on my deathbed, um, you know, ever thinking about that. And that's why I often tell people when they tell me life is short, I say, I don't agree with that. I think life is long. It's only short to those who haven't maximized every second that they have. And when you maximize it, then you feel like, look, I lived a full life. Okay. So, I mean, right now it just sounds like for Sherman, like it was just like a bed of roses. Everything was all good when just everything just was all good. But just in case, like, what would you say was the hardest struggle you had to overcome? Yeah. So, so let me, let me just, let me just say this, right. Um, and, and often when I get asked a question like that, my mindset has grown to a level, right. Where I recognize that whatever I think is a struggle for me, it's something that somebody else is praying for. Mm. They're praying, they're praying for what I'm calling pain, meaning they want that thing that I'm considering to be a struggle. So when I think about my life and I think about struggles, man, after a while I got to a point and I'm like, look, I can't really say that I struggled. 
I wasn't in a time where people were being lynched and you couldn't speak your mind and you couldn't speak your voice. Mm. I can't say I was in a struggle when I know that there's a child right now in some village in Africa whose mother is being slayed right now. Mm. Right. And we can't we can't hear the cries over here, but it's happening right now. I can't say I've struggled when people have gone through these things. And what am I going to compare about? What, what am I going to complain about? That people were hating on me. Right. That people told me I couldn't make it. And that's all they did. They told me that verbally. Those things aren't really struggles to me. And I do recognize that some of those things that I went through, though, were all building blocks. The one thing that I did have to overcome was my self-esteem. That was mm-hmm. the hardest thing for me. Right. Um, and that was just getting to the point where I could believe in myself enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this regardless of what people say, regardless of what people think, because I know that so many times opinions crush dreams. They murder dreams. They kill dreams because we're so worried about what people are going to think. But once I got to the point where I'm like, look, you know what? There's so many things going on in this world and I'm not going through many of them. Why am I worrying about what somebody is going to think? Let me go out there and take the action. So my struggle, you know, I could say self-esteem. But even with that, I don't think that that's a major struggle because there's things that people are going through in this world. And that keeps my mind in perspective that what you're going through, somebody's praying to have your problem. Mm. So for someone who's like saying, okay, they're struggling with self-esteem. What was did you have like some specific practices that you did or something that you did to kind of mentally trick yourself into saying okay you know pushing past the 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 self-esteem issues yeah so 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 for me some of the things that i had to do had to do with some of the basic things we hear right like surrounding yourself with the right people connecting with the right people but one of the major things that that i that i did personally that worked for me is i started listening to podcasts and when I started listening to these podcasts, right, like I'm listening and I'm feeding myself like this, this positive energy reminding. And I started going deep into stories. You see, here's the thing. When you hear stories, right, you get to connect to stories and you recognize that 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 your past is somebody's present. Therefore, you become their hope for the future. And when I started listening to the stories of individuals who I admired, I recognized that what I thought I was going through that was rough. Some of them have been through it themselves. And if they've been through it and they had certain strategies, certain things that they use to overcome it, then I could deploy some of the same strategies as well. So for me, it was just infusing my mind and my brain with information that was affirming what I was trying to do. And I had to, you know, of course, stay away from certain things that just weren't helpful, the habits and and the people who I were who I was around at the time. Um, But that's what I did. I listened to a lot. I I don't read a lot of books like physically read them, but I listen to audio books and I listen to podcasts. And there's something about listening to that type of information on a regular basis that certainly just starts to change the mindset, you know. Um, And yeah, that's what it was for me. Podcasts and audio books. Dude, I like like you just literally said the exact same thing for me because I. Everything started like, you know, you have this drive, but I think just the whole idea of podcasting and just hearing these different things, I think it really took me, I, I call it like it took my journey on hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and so I, I can definitely agree with you on that. So, but, you know, it's very important for people to surround themselves with certain people, right? How... Yeah. How can someone get a doctor right? How can someone intentionally get a doctor right? Because I, one thing I tell Cecil that I admire about you guys is just like you guys are just legit iron sharpen, sharpening iron. Like you guys are a yep, perfect yep. example of that. How do someone go about building these type of relationships? 
Yeah, so so in, in terms of building those relationships, right, it requires you to get out of your comfort zone. It definitely requires you. Like, I always talk about the fact that your circle is your circle, right? And if your circle could have gotten you to where you wanted to be, you would have already been there, right? So the saying goes, if you're hanging with four broke people, it's only because you're the fifth one. And, 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 and you might be comfortable being in that setting, but you might need to expand that setting a little bit. And that might mean going to places that you haven't gone to before and sitting in that discomfort. So... You know, me finding like a doctor, right, and us connecting, I thank God for that, right? Because because we connected, but but guess what? Before Dr. Wright, I had people who I purposefully chose to be around, right? And every day I was around them, I knew we weren't going anywhere, but I chose to stick around that. So the only reason I met Dr. Wright is because when I went into the college setting, I decided not to just be the traditional student who was sitting in class. I was like, look, I need to find some club, something to be a part of. And me and him met through that club. Now, we had different stories, came from different walks of life. But when we were there together, we made a decision and we said, look, every step of the way, we're going to push each other. We're going to push each other academically, personally, professionally, socially. Let's always push each other and let's keep it 100 percent real. So finding people, it's, it's, it's very difficult because a lot of times this thing happens based on where you are. Think mm -hmm. about some of the, the closest friends you have. Right. If you go to church on a regular basis, you, build, you develop a relationship there. Some of the friends that you have um, most in your life right now, people you went to school with and it grew wherever you have to be in places with people consistently a relationship ends up developing out of that because you're consistently there so where are the places that you're going to now that's the question you would have to ask yourself where are you going to on a regular basis right if you want to be around people who are progressive you got to find where those people are and find yourself just like you're going to church every sunday being around those people on a regular basis and from there you will find some connection you will build some relationship but you got to get out of the comfort zone and you got to be real about where you are and who's around your circle right now. Right. If you think everyone is good, you know, um, it was Stephen Covey who said that the admission of ignorance is the beginning of education. I got to first be first acknowledge the fact that I don't know and I don't recognize where I'm at before I could start making a step to get to where I need to be. But if you think all things are good, more than likely you won't move. That's amazing, man. I, I like that. Um, look where you are where you go consistently because that's a yeah. fact like wherever you go consistently and unintentionally you're going to build a relationship with <laughs> yeah 100 man absolutely just being there look it's just that we're in the same space think about right. how many people you know in the different environments that you know and it's just because you're around them every time you have no choice but to build a connection and if they're the right connection you rock with it. That was me and Dr. Wright. We were the right connection for each other right there. And there were some other people in the circle, but guess what? We stuck it out and we just kept on pushing each other. And now Dr. Wright has his own circles outside of a Sherman Brown. Right. Like Sherman Brown has his own circles out of Dr. Wright, but we always come back and push each other again and make yeah. sure that we're all a part of similar circles. I love it. I love it. So let's let's talk about this book. Let's talk about this book. Yes, Overcoming yes, yes. Was that dream aside? Dream, dream aside. Yep. <laughs> dream aside. Dream aside. Dream aside. <laughs> you know, the first time when I said the word, right, people were just completely confused, you know, and um, it's funny because how that whole thing started, I was teaching criminal justice at the college level. And when I was in class, you know, we were always talking about things like genocide, homicide, you know, suicide. And, and one day I was in class and in the middle of the class, I said, look, guys, I know we're talking about all of these topics, but I believe people wouldn't commit those crimes if they didn't first commit dreamicide. And the whole room were like quiet. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, dreamicide, I'm making up the word right now. The unintentional killing of your own dreams. 
And if you didn't kill your own dreams, then guess what? You wouldn't be killing other people. Live your dream, live your best life, you'll be good to go. So overcoming dream aside is really about developing the mindset, the methods, and the metrics so that you can execute your ideas and keep your dreams alive. My grandmother, when she died, right? That was my problem with her. I felt like before she died, she had already committed dream aside because mm. her dreams were not lit and they were dead. You know, so the book is really there to make sure that you live your dream and you don't suffocate it in your mind. So what was what was your process of, of creating this book? Um, was it self-published? What is it published? Like, yep, tell yep. me a little bit about your process. Yeah. So Aim High International, um, we are we are our own publishing company. Right. Okay. Um, so we, we, we so I published um, that book. We self-publish it through Aim High um, International. And, and my process for it was really when I started writing the book, I started off with the story of my grandmother and I was using that as sort of the foundation. Um, but then what I did is I said, look, giving people another book that just, you know, gives them one story and the story might be unique, um, but that's not enough. So what I did is I started um, researching and looking at other folks, right? I looked at uh, people who were who were doing awesome things in life, who were celebrities, who were out there. But then I also looked at common people, right? Um, who were who are the people who we don't hear about, we don't see them on the TV screen, but yet they're living their dreams. And I started to compile the book with their stories. So those stories were included, but then I didn't want it to just be a thing about, you know, giving you theoretical perspective. One part of the book is the mindset and how you think. But I was saying to myself, what if we give them the methods, actual things that they could do, that they could put into practice to, 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 to take that dream and give it the life that it deserves. So we decided to write the methods component. And that's when I started working on methods. And I looked at, um, you know, the podcast people were listening to, the apps people were using. And I started providing them with the practical tips, tools and mm -hmm. techniques that they could use as a methodology to move their dreams forward. But then after we had the mindset, how to think, and the, the methods, meaning how to act, we needed to also tell people how to measure. Because a lot of times we feel like we're failing at something because we don't we don't have the prize in our hand. Right. But we don't recognize that the process is the prize. Right. So I started talking about the metrics. What is the metrics? What is your measure? And um, I started off that section of the book by using something from Earl Nightingale when he said that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. It's the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. He's not saying that you have to achieve the ideal yet, but as long as you're making progress towards it, you are achieving success. So I started off that chapter with the metrics to say, guys, look at the progress you've made. I know you want the home run, but sometimes you just need to focus on the base hit. And when you get on base, you'll move from one level to the next. There's no person who ever meets perfection without going through progress. Right. And I don't think perfection is possible. I think that we, you know, even when we get to a certain level, we want to improve. Right. But what happened at that point in time was progress is the measure of your success. Are you consistently making progress? I love it, man. I love it. I just feel like sometimes we forget how important the process is. And you, you are so focused on that end goal. It's like, by the time you get there, you literally have nothing to celebrate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I know. And by the time you get there, Daryl, the minute you get there, you're setting the next goal, right? Like, like after you get there, you're like, it, it doesn't even mean anything. I always tell, like, students who used to take my classes in the college level, right? They would be like, yo, I can't wait till I get my degree. And after they get the degree, they take the selfies, right? They post it up on Facebook and all the social media for one night. After that, you got the degree. What's next? Mm. And what happens is people usually stop and now they have to think about the next thing. So in the book, um, actually, in the last chapter of the book where we talk about that, I talk about the dream gap. And it's a, it's a space between where you no longer are at, but you're not yet where you want to be. And when you're in the middle of that gap, that could be a place that is very detrimental to you. You could live in misery in that gap because you're just thinking about the next thing. 
or it could be a place where you find so much fulfillment because you just appreciate how far you've come. So I always say, if you want to cancel frustration, begin with appreciation. I say to yourself, man, you know what? I'm no longer where I used to be. I'm not yet where I want to be, but I'm right here and I'm consistently and progressively moving forward. I love it, man. I love it. So who would you say are some of the people that, you know, is Sherman's support system? I know you, you've said a couple, but who would you say those are the people you kind of surround yourself with right now to kind of well, 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 going? My, my four people is what I call my C4. They help me to blow up, right? And um, and, and the C4 is because the first C is my confidant. That's my wife. My wife is 100% down for me, down with me, no matter what. She understands my flaws. She understands my strengths, Um, but she consistently pushes me. I, I'm thankful to God for finding this woman who, 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 who herself was already in beast mode. But being with her just upgraded my value, right? Like it, it made me better um, being with someone who could point it out to me. So she was a confidant. But I also have a coach, right? And um, my coach is a, is a gentleman um, from a long time ago when I first um, met him. His name is Toloki Dapu. And he was a coach. He was a guide for me. The good thing with a coach is that they could give you correction without causing resentment. Um, and for a long time, he was coaching me, giving me tips, tools, techniques, and showing me sort of the path. And also I have um, what I call um, e-coaches, right? These are electronic coaches. Coaches, people who are online, who I've looked at, who I've listened to. Um, I listen to a Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to a Eric Thomas. I listen to a John Maxwell. Um, and these folks are Stephen Furtick and Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, these folks, because of their guidance through their, their messages online, I've been able to connect there, right? So you got the confidant, you got the coach, and then you need the connector, right? And my connector has been Dr. Wright. Dr. Wright has been in many circles, right? And um, he's been able to connect me with a lot of different people, a lot of different resources. And of course, I share the same thing um, with him as well, um, but that's been very helpful. Um, but after you have the coach, after you have the connector, after you have the confidant, you need the confronter. And that's the person who's gonna be very real with you um, when you are making excuses. And uh, my wife was that for a while, um, but, but I found myself in a small circle of individuals who are all on my team, who I tell them, you gotta confront me every day. Um, those folks who are part of the AIM High organization, they confront me on a regular basis. Um, if I didn't do what I said I was going to do, they let me know. Um, my daughter confronts me, right? Because every day <laughs> she sees me doing these videos. My daughter is four years old and my, my daughter will see me finishing a video and she would say, Daddy, you didn't say keep your ambition, inspiration and motivation high. And when she tells me that, man, Daryl, I'm like, all right, you confronted me. I need to go do it. Um, but she's been my confronter. So I say that's the C4. Those people, man, have kept me grounded, kept me going. Um, and, and that's what has kept me energized to keep on moving. So very small circle, but um, very powerful circle. Nice. What, what, what's the first hour of Sherman's day like? Yeah, that's my biggest weakness right there, man. Um, I could tell you, man, um, I wish I could be able to tell everyone that I'm like many of these um, these top performers and that they have this routine that works. Man, sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm there like, yo, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I know I have my day planned, but I haven't fell into a steady routine. And I think it's a big weakness of mine because uh, my wife will tell you I'm jumping from one thing to the next all the time. But one of the things that I have kept consistent is that when I get up in the morning, I don't just run and move. I stop. I take a moment and just pray and meditate think about like where I'm at. Um, I don't let a day 
go by or the first 60 minutes of my day go by without looking at my daughter and asking her this simple question. You know, daddy loves you, right? And she would look at me and she would say, yes. And I say, why? And she say, because you're my icon of inspiration. And every morning I make sure I hear that quote from her before mm. I go um, anywhere to do anything else. And of course, being with my family, that 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 time is very important to me because I know for a fact that once I hit the road, I'm going to be running. Right. And when I leave, there's a possibility that I may not return. Mm. So I want to make sure that my last moment wasn't I'm rushing out the door, you know, just give me my orange juice. I can't hear anything. Let me make sure to give you that time. And I remember I walked into a speaking engagement and um, the, the, the folks were, were a little annoyed, right? Meaning the, the organizer, um, we didn't start until 1030. She asked me to be there for 10 and I came in like 1015. And she was like, why are you coming here so late? I told you 10 o'clock. We wanted some people to meet you. And I said, look, I apologize because I didn't keep my word to you, but I kept my word to my daughter. And that mm. was more important to me. You know, and I didn't want to leave her without making sure that I got that icon of inspiration badge to leave with. So my routine isn't something where it's, you know, chronological in any way, um, but I am getting better at it. And that's something that I'm working on. We're all trying to make progress. And I learn not to beat up myself because of right. that. Right, yeah. right, right. Facts, facts, facts. I mean, it's sometimes for me, like I try to be very routine in the morning, but it changes as per season. But one thing I've steadily um kept going and it's that time with my wife and kids i think um at one point like i was just on the go constantly and i was really really wasn't spending any time with my kids especially and i kind of carved out about a 20 20 15 minutes um every morning before they go off to school we just have devotion yeah and, I, and, yeah. I, and now it's like etched in their brain yeah you, you, you know your children will never remember how much money you brought to the house and that's why I always say, like, expensive presence will never match the value of your physical presence and being there. And that what you do there, you know, with being with your kids, man, Um, here's what I could tell you for a fact. If you were to die that same day, the one thing you wouldn't be regretting is the fact that you didn't spend at least 20 more right, minutes with them. Right, right. You know, um, and that's what we look forward to. So I always say when we have all these things that we're doing in life, um, we got to keep in mind that you should be spending most of your time in your life with the people who will cry the most after mm. your funeral. Not the people who just cried the day of, because some people don't cry right. the day of, hopefully, Powerful. right? But after the funeral, there's some people who's going to feel it, it's going to hit them, it's going to hurt them, because you were the only one, right, that could be you. And you were the only one who could give them you and your time. You're the only father, right? So so because of that, we got to maximize those moments. So no matter what's going on, aim high, you know, doing all the things that we're doing. I'm like, look, the time that I spend with my family, my wife. Um, with my daughter, um, my mother is here living with me now, you know, um, which is a good thing. She's been ill for some time, but she's been with me. And, um, you know, I tell everyone, like, I'm her boss, right? Because I pay her to live her best life. I'm like, Yo, I'll hustle, I'll grind, but I want you to live your best life, you know? Um, and, and that's what it is, you know? So, um, but those moments are the most important moments to me, man. And facts, it's great. Facts. Book recommendations. Give me some book recommendations, bro. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. John Maxwell, like I told you, I don't listen to a lot. Um, I don't read a lot of books, but I listen. But that one book was the first book that I ever sat down there and read. And that book um, gave me such a high level of self-awareness. It taught me how to lead, how to control um, myself and the fact that I always need to be a step ahead. You can't lead people further than you've been. Um, so there's so much nuggets within that book. Um, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Very, very um, powerful book. Um, the book of Proverbs, the Bible. 
the book of Proverbs and I could tell you from chapter to chapter, look, and, and, and I'm not saying that to you to say like I'm always in the Bible every day, but when I'm in the book of Proverbs, the insights that you get is unbelievable. And it's crazy how you could talk about money and you could find it in Proverbs and you could talk about relationships and you could find it in Proverbs. But that book, if you don't read nothing else in the Bible, that book in itself has so much wisdom and insight um, that it'll help you take you to a completely different level. So to anyone, every, every fruitable laws of leadership, that's John C. Maxwell. And then the book of Proverbs, get into that. Um, and that's going to work for you. Uh, that's well. pure wisdom right there like legit pure wisdom the book of proverbs 100 <laughs> yep, 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 yep. so what is that thing that sherman can't live without that's not his phone yeah yeah oh man yeah man yeah definitely so 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 um could i use a um I, don't so, have to, so it's two yeah, products anything would, anything right um so, so one, I would say, like I said earlier, podcast, man, I'm always on it. Like that thing feeds me. Um, I'm fed a lot through podcasts and it, it's, it's, it's no matter what I want to find in podcasts, it could be spiritual, it could be professional, it could be in any aspect, financial. Um, I use podcasts to do that. But YouTube, YouTube has been a tool that has been, um, allowing me to see the world, to explore the world, to experience the world just through that video. Right. And, and, um, I've seen many things that's just giving me different perspectives on life. It's like what I said to you earlier, where I said I can't complain about struggle because YouTube has taken me to parts of the world that I haven't been. And when I see some of the things happening there, I'm like, man, you know what? You just need to be appreciative. But if I'm listening to podcasts and I could go to a video every once in a while on YouTube, those two tools. And look, to be real with you, man, I hear so many people complaining about like the, you know, how to do things. And I'm like, it's not about how to do it. It's how you're going to apply right. how to do it. Right. Because there you could find so much things and there's so much information um, that's already out there. We are not people who are um, a, a lack for information. Right. It's application yep. is the problem, you know. Um, so those tools allow me to do a lot of things. If I need to fix my sink, I go to YouTube, right? Um, and if I need to get my mind in the right place, I go to YouTube. That's what I'm using. As simple as it may be, it's done a lot for me. Trust me, bro. I mean, I'm telling you, man. It is the it's the truth. My 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 son, my last child, like he fell in love with letters because of YouTube, and he is wow. four years old. And this is like I'm even me as his father is astonished. And we, me and my wife, we said we can't take full credit. It's literally YouTube. This dude is reading, yeah, like full blown yeah. reading. Wow. wow. And, wow. I, <laughs> and it's literally YouTube. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I look, I get it, man. My, like, my, like I said to you, my daughter is four years old as well, man. And sometimes my daughter will say some things to me, and I'm like, "Where did you get that from?" The other day we're driving, and she's like, "Daddy, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated." And I said, "What?" I said, "Where did you get that word from?" You know, but it's some of the stuff right, that she's right. learning. Um, she's learning from there. So we do our end, you know. Um, but but sometimes YouTube <laughs> does, you know, does a good portion of it, man. And we got to be grateful for it, and also monitor right. what they're doing. But it is a good tool, and we see the exponential growth in so many children just using YouTube. I remember they just uh, mentioned it when it was yesterday, a couple of days ago. The young man, um, the the boy who, um, Ryan, yeah, right, um, um, who, the, the toys biggest YouTube toy star. Review? Trust me, yeah, Ryan's toy yeah, yeah, toy yeah. So my daughter is on him all the time, you know what I mean? So I'm like, uh, yeah, so I'm like, we're helping him out a whole lot, you know, but he's using it as a tool. You know, she's learning some stuff and telling me what toy she wants for Christmas. He's using it to make money. And I'm like, all right, I got to get my daughter on the other end. And like, look, learn how to make money with it too, you know? <laughs> well, you know, that that's in us to be the, the creators, you know what I mean? A majority of the yeah. world is consumers and then you need the people to create the content. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I mean, dude, we have a lot going on. Like, what's next for Sherman? What's next? 
Yeah, yeah. So so what I'm trying to do right now, I'm in a phase where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break out of the box that people try to put you in. Right. Um, so what happens is if you look on my stuff online, a lot of times you see me doing a lot of stuff with young people. So um, I speak with plenty of different audiences, all age ranges. But a lot of times people see me with young people. So what happens is I've had a lot of um, adults, uh, millennials reaching out to me and they're like, yeah, I know you have all these stuff for the schools, but do you have anything for anyone else? So we have some online courses coming out in the beginning of January um, 2019 Um, the book Overcoming Dream side is going to be a full um we have an online course for that so it's a video course um and then we're going to have um you know this full online course going on where you could work with us in a number of areas um we have personal development um and and then we also have um uh, you know business development as well people who want to get into the speaking business um we're going to be able to work with you in those aspects as well and even when you go to my website um there's tons of resources right we believe in helping you develop what we call the f7 and and, and what i call the f7 is actually in the book it's the seven foundational pillars of your existence faith family fitness finances fun friends and fulfillment those seven areas we want to help you comprehensively develop in those areas so on my website there's tons of resources but the courses that we're going to be doing in personal development business development and speaker development we also have a program for educators um all of those programs are going to have these different elements in it and you could take these courses with us online um and that's going to be followed up with some workshops where we're going to be doing some in-face workshops as well okay sounds good sounds good yeah yeah so yeah, that's how we expanded the AMI brand. I was checking out the website oh, yeah. and I was like, uh, I like the whole idea of taking the book and, and going even deeper with, with the course with it. I really, I'm intrigued about that. I'm intrigued about that. Yeah, yeah. Man, if you, if you look, when people get the book, first of all, when they get the book, right at the end of the chapter of, uh, uh, of for, for, for the book, every chapter has practical things that you have mm. to do. You can't read the book and then say, man, well, I just read this and this was deep and then that's it. It gives you something that you have to actually do within the next 24 to 72 hours, things that you actually have to do. And then the course actually gives you even more, right? And shows you more insights and shows you things that were practically done. So um, so we, we already actually finished the course. We're just waiting to release um, in 2019. Um, and that's where people are going to be able to become what we call aim high ambassadors, right? Aim high ambassadors who are going to be able to go out there and and and, and not only change it, the, the direction of their life, but for the lives of all the people who are around them as well. Faith, family, fitness, finances, fun, friends, fulfillment, F7. Love it, man. Like, these, the, I mean, you guys really have it down pack on creating these these terminologies and just these these phrases and these things that people can easily remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, that's a DJ, the DJ <laughs> So, as we get ready to close, like, what advice would you have for someone out there that comes across this? A lot of designers listen to this because you know that's where it started for me. A lot of um, designers and musicians, and a few just regular people that's trying to do something. What advice would you have for them? Yeah. So, so, so my advice would be very simple. Embrace everything, embrace every, everything that's going to come in your way, embrace the struggle, embrace the success, embrace everything that comes your way. The problem is, right. Is we try to, we try to disregard certain things if it's not in alignment with what we thought we should be. And I always just happen to believe that, that your calling, um, the class doesn't always look like the calling. So you're in something that, that, that is teaching you something and you're in a class right now when you're going through your heartbreak, when you're going through your struggle, when you're going through your setback. But because it's not the calling, you don't see it as the calling, but you don't recognize it's the prep for the calling. So you got to embrace everything and stop. Stop rushing the process. 
Stop rushing the process. Like if you were to be, if you were supposed to be a millionaire today, you would have been that. It takes time. And what you learn through the journey is what's going to really prepare you. I would remind everyone, right, that this is the one life, the one life that we are here as humans that we have to live. And if you try to rush this thing and you try to make it whatever you want to make it and, and ignore everything that you're going to go through to make it what it is, you're going to miss out on life. And at the point in time when you're about to die, you'll remember that, look, I spent this time on this earth and nothing happened. The Dalai Lama said it best. And this is something that I think everyone should really take into their heart. He said that they, they asked him one time, what surprises you most about humanity? And he says, man, because man will sacrifice his health in order to make money. But then he has to sacrifice the money to his recuperate health. his health. <laughs> the other crazy thing is that man is so focused on the future next month, next week, next year, that he doesn't live in the present. Therefore, he's not living in the present and he can't live in the future. He's just living as if he's never going to die. But then he dies never having really lived. Mm. And that's the one thing none of us want for us. You don't want to die, leave this earth, leave this world. And before you die, the last thing you say is, man, I didn't do it. I didn't live. And it's because I was so focused on what's next. And I was so fo focused on the future or the past that I didn't embrace the present. So embrace everything. Embrace the now because now is all you have. Facts. Man. Facts, facts, facts. So where can people go to learn about you, learn about what you're doing? Yeah, man, a couple places. If you go to ShermanBrown.com, that's Sherman Brown, that's Brown with an E at the end. Don't forget the E. I always got to remind <laughs> them of that, right? ShermanBrown.com. But then you could also find me on Instagram at Sherman Brown, Facebook at Sherman Brown, YouTube at Sherman Brown. Put Sherman Brown in your in wherever you got to put it. You're going to find me. Let's connect. Let's go out there and make things happen. And let's go and build this F7. Faith, family, fitness, finances, fun, friends, fulfillment. It's everything. At Sherman Brown. Let's Dude, connect. Like, I really appreciate This has been super powerful, man. Um, what can I say, Sherman? You, you've been... <laughs> man, I appreciate you, man. And I love what you're doing, man. Look, I, I was listening I was listening to some of the folks that you had on before. And what you're doing here, man, you are you are building something here that, that right now, it might not be... I don't know if, if, if it's where you want it to be, but where this thing here is going to go, it's going to be to a completely different level. And it's going to be similar to the copper beech tree. Um, the copper beech tree is a tree that takes about 150 years to reach its full mm. potential, which means whoever plants the seed of a copper beech tree does not expect to live to see it in, in its full mm. bloom. So when you started now with this and what you're doing, man, so many lives are being changed just by what you're doing here, man. And I just want to encourage you, man, just keep doing what you're doing, man, because this is the spark that will ignite the fire. And they'll know Daryl Pinnock started it. <laughs> And now the world is enjoying it, man. Dude, I appreciate that, man. Always willing to take some word of encouragement. But um, for now, I'm going to let you go. But thanks again, like, for dropping so much knowledge, bro. Uh, no problem, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Anytime you let me know, <laughs> let's make it happen. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I hope, you know, you got something from it that it brought you value and you know, you were able to pull something, some key tips, some key practices that can help you to take your career to the next level and just to elevate your mindset in general. Um, if you want to learn about everything that I'm doing, you can go to dpcreates.com. That's D as in dog, P as in Peter, creates.com. Or go to the podcast website. That's passion behind theart.com Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Be blessed.